Welcome to Belief Beat, talking about things that matter with people who matter. I'm this week's host, John Horner Eibler, one of the pastors at Unity Lutheran Church in Brookfield, Wisconsin. This week we felt the most timely thing we could talk about is our mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being in this pandemic environment of ours. The vast majority of us as human beings, when you think about it, have no real-life experience with the abrupt and enormous changes that something like shelter at home has brought. And we all come into this with our pre-existing resources and coping skills, as well as our pre-existing stressors and problems, and sometimes incomplete ways of dealing with them. And let's face it, in the rush or the boredom of daily life, we all get into some ruts, and only when that rush is halted or the boredom broken up do we maybe find the mental space to begin growing again or taking a new approach towards life. This time we're in is, is really a time of huge challenges and setbacks for many people, but it's maybe also an opportunity for us to take um, some good steps in different and better directions. This just seemed then like a, a perfect time to talk to two members of our congregation who work as professional counselors and who I personally appreciate because of their ability to listen and reflect and then walk alongside other people to a fuller way of being. You know, there's a wonderful biblical word for that, uh, the word shalom, and that usually gets translated as peace, which is correct, but it conveys a sense of, of wholeness and overall well-being. I think what we're all uh, praying for for everyone and for ourselves is shalom in today's environment. So today I'm joined by Kim Nodolf. Um, Kim has been practicing as a licensed professional counselor for over 15 years, and she works with children and adults families and couples in an outpatient setting, and she started in private practice in uh, a private practice in 2013, and her office is located in Pewaukee. Uh, Kim, welcome to this podcast. Hello, thanks for having me, and uh, I'm excited to, uh, to be able to contribute today. Awesome. It's really good to have you, and let me also introduce our other guest for this show. Uh, it's Janice Johnson. Janice has her master's in counseling psychology and is a licensed professional counselor. She started her career in community mental health and crisis work. And for the past nine years, Janice has been working with adults in her private practice, New Prospects Counseling in Milwaukee, if I remember correctly. Janice, it's good to have you with us as well. Thank you. I'm glad that I can be part of this today, too. Awesome. Hey, Janice, as, as long as we have you, uh, with the introduction, uh, let's get started in the conversation. Uh, like I said in the introduction, none of us has experienced a, a pandemic before, and, and none of us know when or how exactly this is going to come to an end. So I think this just creates a lot of stress and a variety of feelings in all of us. Uh, what would you say maybe are some strategies for for dealing with all of these feelings that are welling up within us and uh, maybe also some strategies for how we um, effectively uh, diffuse, for lack of, a, lack of a better word, some of the relational uh, uh, challenges that that then creates between us as, as people. 
All right. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. This is new to every one of us. And I think that we have to to acknowledge that. And, and when there's newness, there's uncertainty. And when there's uncertainty, there's stress and there's anxiety. And so just acknowledging that that's a very real part of this is important. Um, I think the thing that happens is when we focus on what we can't control, it actually makes us more anxious. And so it's so important for us right now to to focus on the things that we can control. And, and so that means, you know, when you talk about practical things that we can do, it's um, establishing some structure in our day, even though we're not maybe pulled by structure externally, that, in, you know, within our day, we need to find ways to build some structure. So, you know, kind of keeping a regular sleep routine, um, making sure we're eating nutritious. It's real easy to grab the comfort food, but making sure we're getting some good nutrition in us and, you know, some physical activity, that those things are important. And um, also paying attention. What are those things that make you feel good? You know, is it music? Is it going out for a walk? Is it sitting in your yard? You know, finding those things that um, that help you to feel better. There's a saying one of my partners uses that in a garden, there's always weeds. And if we just focus on the weeds, we get really down and really frustrated. But we have to remember that there's flowers in that garden, too. And I think that's one of the things we're having to do right now is figure out what those flowers are for us during this hard time. So, um, and then when you talk about relationship, we got to recognize in our in our in our homes that everybody's a little different, and so people are going to need different things. And recognize that and give people the space to to use the strategies that they need to 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 help cope. And, and I agree with um, a lot of what Janice has said too, and, and that's kind of the message that I've been giving to a lot of um, a lot of my clients that I've been helping through this time is structure and routine and predictability. As much predictability and certainty you can create in your day and in your life, the better. Um, and obviously, that's not going to be you know it's it's not going to be uh, always completely predictable. But if you can have some some things that you have to look forward to, some things that are going to be happening each day and have something to kind of benchmark on. It just creates a bit of, or it relieves a bit of anxiety or, or relieves that stress and gives you other things to focus on um, and, and, and sprinkling in the good stuff, sprinkling in the things that you enjoy and making sure you're doing some of those things each day um, and being creative on that. It doesn't always have to be the same thing, but a little bit of each of that each of those good things is always um, something that all of us need. As someone who likes to garden, I, I, I appreciate the little metaphor, Janice, of, you know, you, you can choose to see the weeds or you can choose to see the flowers in it. Uh, it's, it's really striking, though. I mean, literally, as a gardener, how easy it is to um, really get focused on the weeds and, and to allow them to discourage you in what's otherwise a really beautiful environment. Um, could you say just a little bit more about, uh, you know, when, what maybe contributes to that and what also contributes to um, our ability to, to get beyond that? Well, I think it's kind of where we intentionally put our focus. You know, we have to look at the whole picture. And so we do have to, you know, we do see the weeds. And so it's not to try to live in this place where we say, 
we only look for the good because we we are aware that there are some very hard parts to this. But I think when we can intentionally choose to focus on things that we know make us feel better, you know, um, you know, a lot of times I say to people, listen to a song that remember you remember from a time in your past and kind of feel how that affects your body. I mean, it's almost like it takes you right back there if it was a good memory. And so find those things. And that's what I'm talking about when we say look at the flowers, find those things that that do that for you, you know, whether it be music, whether it be playing games with people, whether it be looking through pictures of something that you did um, um, in the past that was really memorable for you and, and created a good feeling for you. So just finding those things that um, kind of soothe our nervous system when it's feeling pretty anxious. And the other thing I would say to that, John, is um, remembering that this to show pass. You know, when we project out when is this going to stop, I think you use that language. Um, you know, none of us know when this is going to be over or when it's going to be back to normal. Um, we just, you know, one day at a time that, that, that strategy really helps us. And when, and so when we, um, quit projecting out too far and focus on what we can control in the day, um, I think that's, what's going to help us get through this and this too shall pass. Yeah, that's, that's, I think of, uh, Jesus of all people, uh, I think a person who was well in touch with, uh, Shalom and overall health. I mean, uh, right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, literally the very center of the Sermon on the Mount, that's what he says. I mean, just keep yourself contained to today. It's not like there isn't going to be stuff to worry about for tomorrow, but um, life energy and the moment you have is is life-giving, I think, for people. Hey, Kim, uh, I, I think, you know, there are so many different scenarios that, that people are experiencing right now, but I'm, I'm thinking about the fact that uh, if you're a parent with uh, children at home, whether that's little kids or teenagers, or in many cases, both, um, you are suddenly thrust into a variety of roles for which uh, most parents uh, are not intentionally trained. Uh, you have become your 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 uh, a child's teacher, possibly, or at least uh, guide, uh, their, their counselor, their uh um, their supporter and also probably their nemesis at some level on a daily basis. Uh, and I would just think, uh, obviously with the kids that creates lots of stuff in, in them, but um, for the parents, it creates a lot of feelings, both I would think of inadequacy and frustration, uh, but maybe also occasionally a, a, a sense of, wow, this is, is a kind of a cool reset opportunity. What would you do? Just go someplace with that. What would you say to all that stuff? Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I've heard that message a lot over the past several weeks. And, um, and I can see um, so, some definite benefits to this dynamic is we're forced, because I also have children at home who I'm trying to teach while I work, while I um, do other things. It's forced us to slow down. We, we aren't forced to be overbooked or to try and keep up with this practice and that practice and making sure that we're doing all the things. We can just slow down and take it day by day, um, which is amazing and great. And, and, and that's been really wonderful. 
That's the good side of it. Um, there is also a stressful side of it where parents don't feel that as much as maybe the kids who don't have to race to this practice and that practice, but the parents are trying to work as well as making sure the kids are getting what they need done, done. Um, and that's a, that is absolutely a tough dynamic. And I think that's where the routine, the structure, the predictability is really important. Um, so those expectations aren't kind of wavering every day. Like, is this done yet? Or when does that need to be done? And all these school requirements that are different, each kid's teacher are different and the expectations are different for each teacher, which is really a challenge. Um, but I think that structure, that routine, that predictability is going to be huge um, to help just feel like you can you can get through those days um, using those teachers. There's so many teachers, not only like teachers that I've talked to, like my children's teachers, but I have friends, good friends who are teachers too. They miss the kids. They want that interaction. They want to know what's going on. And if you have questions, they are so happy to connect, whether it's by phone or video or whatever that is. So having parents feel like they need to have all the answers and they need to do all that on their own, though it feels like that because you're in, we're in our houses on our own, isn't necessarily the reality. So really using those teachers because they are missing the kids too, um, to be able to support parents, to be able to answer those questions and the expectations that the parents have to have all the answers and know what they're doing constantly um, isn't realistic. And, and that's those teachers really want to still be a part of the kids' lives. So rely on those teachers and really challenge those expectations as a parent that you need to have all the answers and that you need to be doing it perfectly. You know, I too would agree with what Kim was saying. And I think our mantra during this time has to be uh, good enough. You know, uh, good enough. That just accept you're doing that the best that you can. And the other thing that I think happens is, you know, we're so worried that everybody else is managing this much better than us and that everybody else is playing their role of teacher and worker and parents perfectly. And we're the ones that are struggling. So we don't say anything to people because we don't want people to know our inadequacies. But the more we talk to people, the more we realize other people, we're not alone. People are dealing with the same thing. And let's share that with each other and give each other ideas of how we can get through this. So, you know, good enough to talk to people. And I think as parents, tag team, say, you know, from this time to this time, you're the teacher and I'm the worker, you know, have a schedule so that it doesn't feel like if I know for myself, if I'm trying to do three different things at once, I feel like I'm failing at all of them. But if I can say, okay, during this time I'm teacher, then I can manage that much better. Kim, can I, I just want to cycle back to you with, on that particular topic. A lot, we've been talking a lot more with our members on the phone and uh, oftentimes we'll ask them if they want to uh, pray for something at the end. And wow, invariably, every, I, I, uh, almost every parent I've talked to, the first word they, they say is pray for patience. Um, if you find yourself becoming impatient or angry, I'm presuming that's not an unusual reaction to the situation. Uh, but uh, help people get a handle on that in a, in a small way. I think in the, 
I, I love what Janice said is, is really giving yourself a break and understanding and, and taking a bit of that pressure off. I think when we have those expectations and those pressures on that we need to be doing it a certain way, it increases the likelihood of having stress bubble over and having impatience, you know, become a problem and, and so on. So just expectations is, is one uh, piece of a piece of the puzzle. But I think um, if, you know, it is just piling up and, and we all forget and we get busy and, and, and we, our perspective sometimes gets off is being able to know and take the breaks, being able to take a break, walk away, decompress, so understanding when we either as a parent feel ourselves getting stressed or as a child, as a, you know, as a parent, we're watching our child, you know, their patients start to decrease and their stress increase is saying, you know what, we have the opportunity right now. We're not in a classroom. It's not rude to get up and move around. It's not, you know, that's great. That's okay. It's almost an opportunity um, for kids to learn and become attuned to their own inner you know, emotional regulation. So if they are feeling themselves get frustrated or we feel ourselves as a parent, we can model that. You know what? Right now, we're just going to take a five minute break. Maybe go get out, go outside, get some fresh air. I'm going to walk around. I'm going to get a drink of water. But just no need to plow through. I mean, most of the expectations for the kids for school is maybe a few hours where before, you know, there was in school for several hours and then another pile of homework. So the expectations for the actual time dealing with school is is lower, not to say that it's not a big deal or it's not still significant, but taking breaks is absolutely relevant and, and good. So acknowledging and teaching that a bit of that awareness of that emotional regulation and doing something active is my my go-to, like move, move your body, get fresh air, take some deep breaths, those deep belly breaths, and then, you know, circle back. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I, I think as, as more of a lay person, uh, I just think it's so true of myself. And I would think of most people, how, how we trap ourselves in kind of unrealistic expectations, or we assume that's how you should deal with it, put air quotes around the should and and it's such a simple thing to just kind of get outside those expectations and and then you you're, you're just so much more relaxed and i think uh more yourself in in dealing with things when you're not kind of trapped by these uh kind of arbitrary or external uh expectations uh, let's uh, so, so far, we've, we've kind of talked about uh, a lot of things involving our, our kind of uh, relational reality or group existence. Uh, there are a lot of people who uh, live by themselves or now are more by themselves than they uh, typically would be. And, and I think that uh, sense of uh, isolation that shelter and home has been bringing people has, uh, has been hard to cope with. And uh, again, I'm, 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 I don't know that in the short time we have that uh, we can come up with lots of strategies for that, but uh, help people understand those feelings a little bit and, and how would they begin to get a handle on that. Janice, I, I'm, I'm hoping that's something you could take a first stab at for us. 
Yeah, you know, we've been talking a little bit about as a group, kind of when there's more people in the home, how that's a challenge. But it certainly is a challenge for individuals um, who are alone, too. And um, I think maybe, you know, that is the um, time where it really is important to be creative in how we connect with other people. And so connecting with people, you know, phone, text video. Um, and then there might be some people out there who that technology piece just isn't something that they um, are real comfortable with or want to do. You know, let's go back to writing some letters and um, uh, kind of, you know, sending cards. Um, it's a great way. You know, people love to get that mail and open it up and know that they're not alone, that there's other people out there that really put effort into thinking about them um, by reaching out to them in that way. And, you know, the other thing I say to people is um, sit out in your yard. You know, it's getting a little nicer now because even just seeing people go by reminds you that you're connected to this world or reach out to your church or other organizations that you're a part of. And, And it gives us that sense that we're not alone. We're physically alone, but those people that are in our lives are are out there and they're still with us and they're still walking with us. Yeah. And I, I, I want to piggyback on that and, and reiterate the, the importance of reaching out, however that might look. And there's been some creative ways that I've seen, um, some kind of, you know, a tough time where, you know, kids have birthday parties and things that they were looking forward to that couldn't happen, that can't happen to the same degree, but people got creative and actually created this, um, really fun, cool way to show even more support for these kids who are going through this, um, separation during this time of their life where, you know, it's a, it's kind of a big deal for kids and birthdays. So, um, ways to just drive by. So you're not getting out of your car and then they would do these drive by birthday parades and, um, it's super fun. And the kids, the expression on their faces, they stand in the driveway and see all their friends in the car drive by or, um, different ways that people have been able to stay connected, um, and see faces, although, you know, keeping the distance and and not feeling so isolated or like they're missing out or like, um, you know, this is ruining something else, you know, but instead giving it an opportunity for us to think outside the box and figure out other ways to connect and stay connected. Um, And I think it's also like, it's made us look at and, and connect maybe even more because we aren't as busy running around and being crazy with, with people that we haven't talked to for a while, um, which is, is pretty neat to be able to, um, to have that relationship maybe rekindle um, because we can see them. We can do a Zoom or do a something where you can see their faces and maybe I see them once a year and now I've gotten to see them more because um, this new technology that would never have been on my radar if we weren't put in this situation. Yeah, I think one doesn't want to overuse the phrase silver lining and something that is so difficult for so many people and, and yeah, what you just said, I think, has been uh, uh, surprisingly true for a lot of people that suddenly they are back in touch uh, with, with people that they've not been current with for a long time. And, and that's just been a delight for a lot of people and, and a cool thing. How about as long as you kind of started down that road, Kim, I, I'm wondering if you could go just a little further um, when I think of 
you, you mentioned like birthday parties and and the sense of interruption to things and literally the sense of loss uh, for people who uh, our last podcast was with our high school seniors and what it's like for them to lose their senior year and everything that goes with that. And then obviously much more profound losses in, in other people's lives. And I do feel almost as if there's a collective sadness in this moment. Um, that's maybe sometimes hard to put your finger on. Uh, if you've lost something and are experiencing that sadness, uh, uh, what are some of the ropes that we can kind of throw to each other to, to hang on to in a moment like that? Um, I think acknowledging that loss and talking about it, um, not minimizing it or not pretending like it's not there. Um, I think in anything regarding um, our emotions, our mental health, talking about it, getting it out, processing it, and instead of stuffing it or pretending it's not happening or, or having just that bitterness hold on and not go anywhere, but just kind of stew in us, you know? Um, so figuring out, you know, or talking with others who are in a similar a similar situation, other seniors who are also experiencing that same thing is really important to be able to have that, um, have that connection and, and that, uh, I don't know, I mean, not normalizing feelings, but just being able to talk about that and understand you're not alone. Um, and then figuring out, is there anything else that can, that we can do? How can we think outside the box? Is there any other way that we can still um, acknowledge, celebrate, and, and, and manage this in a different way than we would have before because we didn't need to before. Um, so I think that the birthday party thing was a great like morphing of something that would never have come to be if we weren't in this incredibly difficult situation. Um, you know, some of that can happen. Birthday parties, okay, we can do it a little bit different. A graduation though, that's hard. Um, that's hard and that's a loss and that's, um, that's really challenging, especially as a culmination of their, you know, of their high school career and, and all of that time spent. But not to say that they didn't still do wonderful and have all those things to celebrate. It just needs to be celebrated differently um, and acknowledging that what they did is still amazing, you know. But, yeah, that loss is hard, but it's focusing on instead of just the loss, focusing on the and acknowledging the other good parts of it. Um, whether it's a loss of like something you're looking forward to or whether it's, um, you know, any any kind of a loss. Whenever we focus on the tough parts of it, the, the parts that sting, that's hard and it keeps us stuck. But instead, if you, if you can say, OK, what can I gather from this? What can I take from this? What what can I use to move forward and and see things a little bit differently? It helps. Takes a little bit of that sting away. Uh, awesome. Janice, um, I, I introduced that a little bit by referencing the small silver linings that are a part of things. Uh, I, I, kind of going off of what Kim just said, uh, we're facing a variety of new losses, new challenges, occasionally new opportunities, uh, which, and, and then, you know, financial stress, a job loss or change, just all of the stuff uh, surrounding us, so much so that, you know, maybe it is causing us as individuals to 
self-reflect in a way we normally wouldn't and, and uh, ponder changes in our lives. On the other hand, I would think this is maybe not the perfect time to start making major life changes. Uh, can you help us sort that through a little bit? Uh, what's a kind of an appropriate level of change to consider and uh, what might be something better to wait on, for lack of a better way of putting it? Yeah, I think, you know, like with any kind of stressor, it's it's not the best time to be making big life decisions. And, and you know, one of the things that I work with people around is making sure that we're in the best place possible to be making choices. And so if we're in a real anxious or a real stressed or a fearful place, that's not a good time for us to be making decisions. And so we really need to um, take care of ourselves that way first. Um, but this might be a good time when we can get ourselves, if we can get ourselves to a calmer place, kind of using some of the strategies we've talked about today, it, it could be a good time to be curious a little bit with and just kind of, you know, if I was going to do something different or if I wanted to build something different in my life, what would that look like? And just to start to play with that little, a little bit, not necessarily making those decisions right now, but just giving our chance, ourselves a chance to um, to kind of contemplate what that would look like or be curious with it. But again, the key thing for me to express here is that you don't want to do that from a place of fear or a place of um, panic. Because when we do that, um, the flexible part of our brain, the, the part that can kind of generate ideas shuts down because we're in survival mode. And when we're in survival mode, we don't always make the best decisions for ourselves. So, um, but if you can get yourself to that place, to take some time to kind of envision what that might look like, that change might look like. I really uh, appreciate how you kind of brought that to a close. Again, thinking of our, our faith heritage, uh, one of the contrasts we so often place before people is that um, faith is sort of the opposite of fear because fear tends to make us uh, very much in a silo and, and it kind of makes us stupid. Uh, we, we are, as you say, in survival mode and as a result, we're not really ourselves and we're not able to be there for uh, others in a in the way we'd like to be. Um, so thanks for kind of grounding us in that. Uh, as we draw to a close, I'm, I'm wondering if each of you could kind of um, end our time together uh, by, by reacting to this. In so many ways, uh, this is such a unique time, and we have seen these amazing displays of uh, human ingenuity and com compassion and connection. Um, what are some of the ways you could imagine us coming through this and out of this better as individuals and as a society, maybe? Uh, Kim, I'll, I'll throw that in your direction first, and then uh, Janice, maybe you can you can be the last one to speak to that. Yeah, I um I I think that this is a great opportunity although incredibly difficult, but if we can take from it a way to have a better balance in life, um, I guess that is what I have seen happening more, um, have more realistic expectations for ourselves. I almost feel like our life, in, in, in maybe this is just um, what I've seen in my practice and maybe experience, is, has gotten to be, has gotten so fast. 
everything is happening so fast. There's expectations that are really high with social media. Everybody knows everyone's stuff and it's just information is coming at us and life seems to be getting to be so much. And this slowed us down. We had to, we had to slow down. We had to stop and breathe. We had to figure out ways to, um, ways to deal with being. Um, so I'm hoping we can gather from that, helping us find better balance in life. Yeah. And that I would agree with that too. I think that, you know, myself included that we get so uh, we get on automatic pilot and we just start from beginning of the day to the end of the day, just kind of running through the things that we need to do. And uh, certainly it would have been great if we could have got that here a different way. Um, but we didn't. And this is um, kind of caused a pause button for us. And, and I hope that when we come out of this, that we don't just uh, flip on the automatic pilot button again, but we continue to be intentional, intentional about reaching out to others, intentional about finding creative ways to connect and, and to show acts of kindness towards others. And, um, you know, maybe just to be a little less judgmental of ourselves and of others and just to really um, value connection and faith and um, grace with one another and grace with ourselves. Thank you both so much. Um, you have so much to share, and I just appreciate you taking the time uh, to be together and talk about this. Um, and I, I appreciate the the, the people that you uh, are with on a regular basis through your practices. And uh, I, as a pastor, you know, a lot of times pastors are the first place people stop. And I'm just struck so, so often by how hard that is to do uh, to, to, in a sense, ask for help in our relationships and in our own lives, but also how uh, beneficial it is when people do it. And, and they so quickly gain strength and momentum in their lives uh, when they have support uh, from a, an outside party that just uh, walks with them through it. And you both are such great voices for meeting people where they're at and extending, helping them, I think, especially extend to the, their, themselves a sense of grace and, and patience and compassion. And then that, that really spreads to others. So thank you so much to... Kim Nodolf and Janice Johnson for joining us today. This is Belief Beat, talking about things that matter with people who matter. We'll join you again in another week with another topic. And we are so thankful that you were able to join us today. Goodbye. <laughs>